0: Welcome to a sneak peek episode of Line Drive's first podcast, Zertified Fresh. I'm your host, Brian Z, and I'm excited that we're able to start this journey together. So what exactly is Zertified Fresh and what's to come in the new year? You know, given my tenure or maybe the fact that I interact with so many team members on a weekly basis, I'm frequently asked questions like, hey, what's going on with X? Or do you know how we're supposed to interact with Y? And sometimes what's the deal with Z? No, seriously, man, what's your deal? Oftentimes, I can be of assistance and point line drivers in the right direction. But even occasionally, I don't know the answer as well. Shocking. And that got me thinking, you know, we're a smallish, medium-sized company. But man, we have a number of different moving parts all across the country. There's probably a ton of things the team has questions about or subjects where they'd like to know more or just interested in having a more complete and well-rounded understanding but are too shy to ask. And that's where Certified Fresh comes in. As we enter into 2021, I wanted to create a podcast that helps every line driver better understand the different areas and elements of our company. Every two weeks, we'll take a deeper dive into a different department or segment or focus of line drive. We'll help shine a light on how people are working both in front of and behind the scenes to make this an amazing company. We'll give more transparency on how different departments and people are working to drive growth in our business. We will build knowledge across the organization, all in a conversational format that is inviting and never boring or scripted. That segment will be our main anchor of the episode. But around that segment, I'll be digging into other parts of our business that are of interest to the team. Maybe it's a new category from one of our manufacturers. Maybe it's a new manufacturer spotlight. Maybe it's an amazing new sales reporting system. Maybe it's an amazing win that could and should be celebrated and replicated. Or maybe it's just some great news that needs to be shared. All of this, I promise, will be insightful, informative, and relevant to how you do your role. And it will be real, honest, and fresh. Certified fresh. So, why drop a teaser episode before we start? Why not? <laughs> just just plan it here a little bit. This idea actually came to me over Thanksgiving, after eating way too much food and maybe a glass or two of wine. We were talking about how obviously this year was and how interesting it was, and I reflected on all the ways that things have changed at work. And One of the things that I've missed most in my role is being out in the field, making end-user visits or distributor. Manufacture planning sessions. Trust me, I've done a ton of these over the past 15 years, but I still love it. Most are standard, routine even, but occasionally you have a sales call that is just so memorable. It could be the district presentation where you wowed the audience, or maybe you went over a tough end user, or had the sales call where you actually learned how the sausages, and that was enough to never eat sausage again. And that's what I missed most in 2020, the stories I got to tell friends over a beer on the weekend about something cool I saw being made, or a breakthrough where we really helped a customer, or just some random end user I got to meet, or, you know, the new soup flavors at the airport club at DFW. Anyway, I thought that as we ended the year, it would be fun to reminisce on some of our team's high and low lights from this year and years past. I'll go first to kick us off. This was something that only happened to me once in my entire career, and certainly, hopefully never again. The timeline was back around 2006, just after I'd started at line drive. At the time, I was covering Illinois and half of every state around Illinois, focusing on Granger and Motorola. So I found myself in Southern Illinois and St. Louis area for the week, making joint calls out in the field. I had a few smaller wins, an oil dry conversion, some Morse bandsaw blades, but my crown jewel for the trip was a Motorola call at a small regional hospital. As I had qualified it, The security team was looking to set up a whole radio program with over 25 units, jackpot back in those days. But as many of you have unfortunately experienced, the Granger account manager on this call had proven to be flaky. Very flaky. It took multiple calls and emails to get our initial demo with the end user in place. But we made it happen, and I was excited they were going to meet Thursday morning. Now, of course, you know where this is going. Wednesday rolls around, and I'm looking to confirm with the seller. She's absolutely nowhere to be found. All day, phone call, no answer, no return voicemail. Phone call, no answer, no return voicemail. Send an email, no response. But I didn't want to give up because this was a good opportunity, but she basically vanished. I wasn't sure if I needed to bail or what, but I have some friends in St. Louis and they let me crash overnight on their couch. Just as I was getting ready to call it a night, I get a call at 845 from the account manager no apology, no story, just meet me at this address at 9.15 tomorrow morning. Hey, call was on. So the next morning rolls around and I drive out to the country to this hospital in the middle of nowhere. And of course the Granger account manager is 20 minutes late, again, no call, no text, nothing. We get back in the security office and all goes well. Uh, I do my patented chuck the radio against the wall and watch it explode. And the end user seems like he wants to move forward, except of course, He's interested in a few different accessories, all of which are in my car. No worries, I say, let's just walk out and I can show you all the different items we have. So we take a walk out and go to my Jeep. At the time, I was living about two blocks from Wrigley Field, which can be a blessing and a curse. One big curse being game day parking, which is certainly a challenge for residents. So much that they set up special zones and you've got to get a permit sticker to park in front of your own house. You display it on the front window of your car and it's big it's a baseball sized sticker that says cubs night parking on it and you know it's not even in the cubs color i think that year it was orange um basically it looks just like a regular city sticker or vehicle sticker you have in your car anyway we walk up to my car and the account manager sees the sticker her eyes get wide she turns and looks me dead in the face and you're a cubs fan and she pulls her hand back she plants her feet in the ground, and gives me the hardest full-on face slap I've ever had in my life. It was like in the movies, but obviously more painful, you know, because it was actually happening to me. And I froze. And the end user froze. And the account manager just takes a beat and starts to cackle loudly. I'm completely mortified. I have no idea what to do. She turns, looks at us, and follows that up with, well, you better be careful down here. Cardinals' country. And then proceeds like this most outrageous thing never happened. I was shocked. I think the rest of the meeting was a blur, just me trying to figure out how to get out of there. And I, I could, frankly don't remember the ending, but I do remember one thing. I got the order. 25 radios, 25 remote mics, four multi unit chargers, and some dignity lost. So here's to 2021 not being a slap in the face. Enjoy the rest of the stories. all right casey shanley how's it going
1: hello everybody hi brian it's good how are you doing today
0: doing well 2020 huh what a year
1: what a year hey we're all we're all here we're all still healthy line drive and we're trying to just you know stay strong so it's been it's been a year we're all just getting through somewhat together so
0: yes yes absolutely so i appreciate the uh the enthusiasm there now mm-hmm. You're coming to us today. Is this a, a good story, a fun story, maybe a wacky story? How would you classify this?
1: I, like, you know, I classify it in the middle of, like, wacky and fun because it was wacky, but we had some good fun with it, so... <laughs>
0: All right. Set, set, set the uh, set the stage for us here. What, what, what's
1: going on? Uh fortunately, you know, you, you were a part of this scenario situation with me, so it's always fun to, to recap. And I feel like every time we've we've relived this story, we've had probably a harder laugh than the initial time. So, <laughs> um this this story's floated around now. Several line drivers have gotten a taste of this one, but for those who haven't, I hope it uh it brings a little smile and chuckle to your day. <laughs> Um, so I, when I originally started with Line Drive, it was one of my, uh, my first, first time having Brian in the field with me. So it was super exciting, you know, Z gets out with everybody and it's always like, oh boy, like I want this to go amazing. I want it to be everything and more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't mean to put that much pressure on people. I'm just,
1: <laughs> but... It's just fun, you know, like it's just a Z. It's, it's just, it's, it's a legend at Line Drive everyone just wants it to be a great experience for you. So um I was like I said a newer partner at the time essentially and I decided to drag Brian up to uh, Plattsburgh New York Nope, it's one of the furthest parts of my territory but I figured there is a beautiful drive from Maine through New Hampshire through Vermont and we take a ferry over to Plattsburgh so That's True
0: my first uh my first SC visit that involved a ferry
1: Uh-huh I was very excited to be the first to do that so it was a good time and had a lot of great things lined up, did a, a fast store training, ended up getting engagements from several of the fast all reps to get us out in the field. So we we, we have a lot in store and planned for us. Um, you know, what we had gotten out there, rep, his name was Chris, very nice young gentleman. And typically, I believe that reps usually drive in their own cars, but Chris was pretty eager to hop in the car with us. So I true. guess... <laughs> I was a little taken back by that one, but just figured that this is just how everything goes. So I'm like, yeah, buddy, hop on in. So we're driving to an end user. I'm myself, I'm driving, Z's in the passenger seat and uh nice young little Chris is in the back seat. And as we're driving, I, you know, I felt Brian and I seem to have like had the same body language of like, hmm, what is that? And I kept driving and <laughs> a cloud of puffy cotton candy smellish air flowed through the car
0: <laughs> I swear to god I turned back and I saw him like sucking on his vape thing I just like looked at you and like my eyes were wide open like a cartoon character
1: zero zero of like hey does anybody mind if I pop a pop equip vape in the car it was more of like a this is the thing everyone's doing these days so I'm just gonna load up on some vape in her car and just like, blow it up for everyone to smell <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely it was like a gift for us <laughs>
1: <laughs> So I'm <laughs>
0: He's he just like vaping away. Like, didn't even roll the window down.
1: And I, I was like, uh, again, and, and you know, it, I wish that we had more time to go into it because on top of it, this rep, again, a very nice gentleman vaping in the car, not really asking for permission. That's okay. Not, not the end of the world. If it was a cigarette, it might have been a little questionable in that sense. Um, but, I mean, the icing nice on the cake was when we were at, a, at at the end user and we were going through a college and, you know, off to the side, after we had had the meeting, the same fastball rep had made a comment to us like, man, I really want to know who runs and handles their janitorial services. Because, like, this one time I got arrested and had to do community service here and I really got to get a good look at all the supplies and materials they had in their supply closet.
0: That was like the the second best part, like he was trying to like game out how he would approach that person to be like, well, I know a lot about your janitorial program, but I can't tell you
1: why. Literally, it wasn't like a sales type of like, yeah, I'm really invested in this account. Like I'm understanding all the ways we can bring value and consolidate purchasing here. It was, I did community service here once when I got arrested. So I I definitely (laughs) know some of the things they're using
0: uh, hey, uh, I got arrested for Drunk and Disorderly Conduct downtown, and uh, I noticed that you're using Granger to buy your soap and paper towels. I know what
1: that was it. He's like, I, I know there's Granger here. I saw a lot of their
0: supplies. Oh, um, the whole, whole thing was great. I literally, he could have, he like, when we got out of the car, he could have vaped. He could have <laughs> asked at no point. So just free reign on vaping maybe that's a yep. you know a, a reflection i i think i when i asked you about this you said he's still employed there
1: he's still employed he had messaged me not too long ago being like hey case, like don't know if you remember me i was like oh but i'm never gonna forget you <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> <laughs> sweet um, and yep he had a really cute awkward little mustache because i think it was right in november and he was like yeah i'm really trying to get november going i was like you are crushing it <laughs> Yes.
0: you are crushing life buddy this is, this is great
1: oh uh, an experience i'll never forget i'm very grateful you were there because i just probably would have laughed right. and been like this just must be what like everything's like and no one's gonna find this interesting but it wasn't interesting
0: the, the grape vape escapade <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was like well future wise oh. just you know if anyone can teach their kids something it's just ask permission of before you get in someone's car.
0: Yeah, and if anyone's looking for a, an eligible young man up in Plansford, who not only has a, a criminal record, but also uh, is the power of vapor, uh, absolutely feel free to reach out to Casey and she can get you the deeds.
1: Oh, I can walk you through everything. Don't worry.
0: Oh, awesome. Thank you for sharing, Casey. Here's to a uh, uh, smoke-free 2021. Yes,
1: bring on 2021 and more good stories. <laughs>
0: All right, Peter Vagnoni, happy happy December. How are you doing, my friend?
2: Good,
3: I'd like to take this this opportunity to um, thank you for your pronunciation of my last name. That's the first I've ever heard you pronounce it that way. Oh, well, I'm sorry
0: that I've been doing it wrong this whole time.
3: <laughs> yeah, We're broadcasting yeah. out to the world.
0: Pete V, you know, it's usually Pete V, Peter, P, Petey. Um, yeah, Peter. T- so yeah, PD. Yeah, so 2020. Huh? This, uh, it's been a, it's been a fun year, but it's been an interesting year, right?
3: So interesting, in fact, that it's become a cliche to call it interesting.
0: Oh, oh, oh right. nothing like nothing like getting a uh, getting a little call out there. Thank you for that. But no, <laughs> you, you're right. It's maybe interesting's the wrong word, right? It's been it's been probably uh, depending on what day it is. It's either been frustrating or exciting or annoying or just. Um, different.
3: Different for sure. Um, But I think that the overarching message that I get from a lot of people um, at Line Drive and those close to me uh, is one of gratitude uh, for what we do have, despite what's going on in the world.
0: Right. So um, in the spirit of let's talk about weird, crazy, funny, awesome sales calls, you actually have one that happened very recently. So despite 2020, you had a really And I think this falls under the, the, um, I guess, the banner of both terrifying and exhilarating and just awesome overall.
3: Yes, it's it's uh, it was one of those ones where, where I'll probably reflect back on it and think, wow, that was a crazy day. Um, I, I think I went through every uh, emotion on the emotional spectrum uh, 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 last Wednesday.
0: Yep. You? That, that doesn't sound like you.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm not a high eye, so to speak. <laughs>
0: right. So uh, enough giving you a hard time. Let's uh, set the stage for us. Last Wednesday, walk us through.
3: Okay, so at some point, I realized that uh, Warner Co. Fall Protection was not going to sell itself. Hmm. Uh, that festival and Granger programs and, frankly, brand recognition uh, made it something that just that would not fly off the shelves unless. Uh, Myself and my colleagues had something uh to do with that. So I started talking about Warner Fall Protection, the value that we offer um on every single call. I talked to Ranger Safety Team people, um, Granger DSMs, safety directors, uh, Fastenal folks, all the distributors, talked about uh our differentiators like design, uh the turn in the air. We talked about descent and rescue and our our educational offerings like competent person training and all the different types of things we offer from a value perspective. And I was able to get some appointments, do some trainings, and have some some small wins. Um, None, however, like the one that I was ultimately invited to last Wednesday, which was at Keurig Dr. Pepper, um, which is a brand new 1.8 million square foot um, manufacturing facility in Allentown, PA.
0: I love that. that uh, I love that. I love that mix of it's. I, I know it's like Dr. Pepper, Snapple, Keurig, and I've been to one of those plants. It's also every weird soda that you've never seen on any store shelf ever.
3: Pretty much. Yeah, they make that that buy drink, B-A-I. Um, they're also yeah. owned by Mots. the apple juice mm. sauce it's like a company. Whole,
0: it's a whole liquid beverage conglomerate.
3: I guess, so, which is ultimately they're all owned by private equity, like every company right. is owned by like one of five companies.
0: All right, so you got 1.8 million square feet of high-end manufacturing and they want
3: training.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And yes, and, and they, they had asked for a two hour, very involved fall protection training, about an hour and a half of classroom and then 30 minutes of the tripod uh, demonstration and practice. Um, it was 25 some odd maintenance people, uh, the whole safety team, And most of their maintenance people had spent, you know, the past 30 years in fault protection and kind of knew what they were talking about already. Um, So needless to say, there was some nerves. Although I consider myself um, competent, if you will, um, I I certainly felt like I needed to brush up um, for this particular stage.
0: You were worried that when you walked in with that little baby face of yours, these grizzled guys would be like, who is this
2: kid?
3: I definitely feel, felt super uncomfortable. And I think, I hope that some people listening to this can identify with um, feelings of inadequacy when, I, when you have to talk for two hours to all these um, crusty experienced veterans, yeah. But you got up there. I did. So this is what happened. That morning, I had to rent a, uh, a truck um, so that I could go pick up a tripod, which was about a, 45 minutes out of the way from one of the other Co. rep groups. Um, tie it down to said truck, and then drive the remaining two and a half hours to cure it, Dr. Pepper. Um, I decided that I would do what I do every time I, before I feel very uncomfortable. Um, and that is basically do a crash course and study like crazy on my drive there and cram as much as I possibly can. So I used my, my Showpad mobile app and I listened to almost all of the, the trainings that we have on there. Um, pausing them periodically to give my presentation to myself in my car that um, was a
0: six show pad plug
3: yeah see it was deliberate um, and and so yeah I, I had really trained myself um, like crazy and crammed so that basically I'd, I'd be able to regurgitate everything in two hours and and be very confident and seem like a, a total expert um, at the last minute I decided I had a little bit of extra time I would to make myself, to endear myself even more, I would stop at Dunkin' Donuts and grab a couple boxes of Joe, if you will, and uh, and you know, a couple boxes of, of mixed donuts to bring and uh, and delight the masses.
0: Um, Dudley Callahan, Dudley Callahan knows my head is exploding right now, but continue on. <laughs>
3: okay. well, you'll, you, your head might explode last when I tell you that. So I arrived about 10 minutes early, And I'm waiting in the lobby for the safety director to come retrieve me and help me bring the tripod in and set it up. And I've got my my Dunkin' Donuts boxes um, and my my boxes of coffee. And it occurred to me that I'm at a Keurig plant. Yeah, that's true. And they make coffee there. And they might see the coffee that I brought as a competitive product. Um, I think one of their big value props is make your cup of coffee at home, save money, don't go to Dunkin' Donuts every day. And, and an old, oh. an old Granger anecdote or, or piece of folklore stuck out to me, where they used to tell a story about going after the FedEx National MRO business for their FedEx distribution centers, and you know it being a huge 18-month enterprise sales cycle. Um, Getting all the way to the finish line being told over dinner that they were going to get the award of all these millions of dollars and just to send the paperwork over and they sent it the next day in a UPS envelope and as the story goes, the the VP of procurement took that envelope and threw it out and um, they ultimately ended up going with a competitor of Granger.
0: There you go. So you, uh, you brought in foreign coffee. I did. How did, how did that turn out? Did, so, did you just dump it out in the parking lot? That's line?
3: exactly right. I freaked out and I took it and I threw it out in the trash cans outside of the, the parking box. And then you know, we're going to skip to I'm giving my presentation to the 25, 30 people about halfway through. It's going well so far. Um, and I forget the context, but the Dunkin' Donuts was brought up. The donuts, not the coffee, because the coffee is gone. And somebody says from the back of the room, "It'd be a lot cooler if you brought coffee." And I, <laughs> I know. And I said, "Well, um, I was a little worried. I, I didn't say that I bought it and thrown it out, and that I'm a neurotic weirdo. I said I was a little worried that you know I'd be bringing in a competitive product." And they informed me that Keurig makes all of the Dunkin' Donuts coffee, and that they have a licensing agreement. And they not only do they make the Dunkin' Donuts K pops but they actually make the coffee that's made in the stores. Um, so all of that freak out was for nothing.
0: Well, that sounds like a, yeah, that sounds <laughs> like a whole Peter event.
3: Yes. <laughs> it, uh, it, it was. So, and so the training went, went so way how way was it yeah. yeah, how was the training? It was really good. There was a good amount of engagement. Um, and the Granger people were incredibly appreciative. We did the tripod piece, which was, was fun. Um, I had done it once before. Uh, I, I, one little learning of the four people that I put up in the chair in the air, only one of them actually were able to to get into the chair in the air, which wasn't the greatest advertisement. Um, part of that was because I was fitting them each on the fly to my harness, so the fit wasn't exactly right. Um, but I think that they appreciated it, and that this directors really, um, you know, expressed their their appreciation, have invited me back to. To basically um, size everybody and take down a, a large order, so it'll ultimately be a big win.
0: So it all worked out. It did. Good. So if I could do the takeaway, you know, you being Peter, but there was definitely a little bit of fear there. But doing some homework and just basically putting yourself out there, um, maybe getting distracted by coffee problems, okay. <laughs> allowed you to allowed you to get out there and, and convert a, a new customer into a Warner customer.
3: Yeah. I think that in our business more than any other one, our outside salespeople with all of the things that we're we're asked to be technical experts on. Um uh, and we have we have some churn and some new clients always, as you know better than anyone, it's easy for us to feel uncomfortable. Um and we have to take it upon ourselves to to cram like crazy and then jump off the the uh the cliff and, and hope that our training uh catches us. And that we're able to to win despite
0: course, absolutely i would say if you've paid attention along the way chances are you know a lot more than you think
3: yep i think i think so
1: too
0: absolutely well congratulations on getting a nice fall protection win and um um learning uh, sometimes you just good to ask questions before you dump out a whole bunch of coffee <laughs> yeah
3: or yeah use the internet or something um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. thank you for that
0: Uh, All right. Well, here's to to a a continued success in 2021. Thank you, Mr. Vagnoni.
3: Thanks. Um, Hello, world. Hi, mom. Thanks for having me.
0: Bye. (laughs) Ed Gavin, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh oh, excellent. 2020 has been a year. It's been a positive year for you. Big, uh, big engagement, huh?
4: Big engagement this year. That was, that was great.
0: Congratulations on that. It, it was, was like a, a year. of, Yeah. A year of you being like fully locked down, then open, then engaged, then fully locked down again. It's been some ups and downs, huh?
4: That's right. That's right. Going to be better in 2021. That's all over yeah.
0: That is true. That is true. So, um, coming to us today, I know you, you and I have talked, um, your share today is probably one of the coolest calls I've ever been on. So I, I, um, you know, unlike it, this was, this was pretty, um, uh, I guess I don't say eye opening, but it was, um, it was just an awesome experience. So why don't you, uh, set the tone for Ed's coolest sales call ever?
4: Yeah. So Z was in town. So we had, um, uh, you were with me, which is going to make this story better, but, We, you know, I I was enlisting early on the help of my old teammates at Granger on the commercial team in New York, get me out, get me going, talking to them about what brands um, I cover, you know, let me get my, you know, cut my teeth a little bit. And I ended up talking to one of my colleagues who covered the World Trade Center, covers the World Trade Center, Center, New Tower. Um, So she was mentioning they were having ladder problems. So there's so much construction in the building at all times. Um, they really had no ladder program. Ladders were disappearing. You're talking like, you know, you can make a 40 floor trip, realize you don't have a ladder, have to go all the way back down. So they asked us to do not only a uh, ladder inspection, but a ladder audit, really, to help them establish, okay, what and where should we have in terms of you know, ladders in the building? Um, right. I like that
0: they were being proactive about, like, we understand we need to have X amount of ladders on each floor right. help us with what type and, and the placement.
4: Yeah. And they even had ideas for us. Like, okay, on each floor, we have these, you know, called mechanical rooms on every floor. And so it's easy to have a ladder chained up in there. So we knew exactly where we needed to look. Um, You know, when we were doing this inspection, we were talking to that guy and he was like, we were like, okay, how do you want us to do this? Should we just start at the bottom? (laughs) And the guy was like, He's like, no, I don't think so. You should probably start at the top.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that sort of made sense. Like we were just going to climb 100 plus stories. Like, like Maybe we can just start from the top and work our way down. And we did start on the absolute GD top of the World Trade Center.
4: Yeah, so literally above floor 110 on the open roof. So there's high sides on the roof. So it's not like you can see off. But it's obviously really, really cold. Uh, And there was like a million construction guys up there because they have a bunch of radio antenna equipment and whatnot. And there were ladders up there. So we started on that on that floor and just started marching down stairs and we, we couldn't take the elevator because it would take too long. We'd have to call right. the elevator, service elevator. have to come up, move us down one by one floor at a time. And that was never going to work. So we ended up literally taking the stairs from for 110 floors. And, and even after that, when you get down into the sub basement, I don't know, Brian, do you remember, I'm, I can't really use the, the industry term for the ejector pits um, which are like below sewer level of the actual yeah, was, building. We had the subway, you could hear it running next to us.
0: Yeah, I mean, so we were all the way up the top and for some of you who know me, that heights are not my uh, best <laughs> friend. And we were like up to even as protective, we're like, oh, we're just, and you could feel like a little bit of the sway. And so I was like, ah, a, little, a little sweaty palms to start with, I would say.
4: Yeah, and we, uh, we took a lunch break in there and when we were trying to get out of the building for lunch, right? I was like, oh, every building in New York City kind of has this side door that you just kick open and walk you're on the street level like that. Well, the World Trade Center, as you can imagine, purposely doesn't have stuff like that. So, we're setting off a few alarms and having a discussion with building security on our way out to launch. So, right,
0: we were just trying to get like an exit door. The i just came up to us so like, "Who are you? What are you doing?" And they were yeah.
2: not happy.
4: Yeah, where are you going? So, we we really kind of ran the gamut here, but I. I remember too footwear i didn't tell you that it was i mean we didn't know that we were going to march all those i don't know what we were expecting or i was expecting but yeah my my feet were hurting pretty bad after that one
0: well uh, it's yeah i think i had loafers on i'd like my standard black loafers my like you know my usual sweater vest or whatnot um i do remember my, my highlights i think we're on like floor like 89 and a lot of the floors in there aren't done so it was so cool we got to walk around like the entire oh, just yeah. unfinished floor and you got the view of Jersey and, and Manhattan and, and out into Brooklyn, all this stuff, it was just like breathtaking.
4: Yeah, it was cool. That's a free, I mean, that's that's free windows on the world, That normally cost 37.50 for an adult.
0: Yeah, well, was, thank you for, thanks, we should have expensed that. Um, <laughs> that was kind of cool, we just like, it, it was a, a unique experience because we would just dump into a floor. So you never knew like, okay, now we're on floor 46. Oh, this is like some sort of like accounting office. Oh, this is like yep. some sort of blog. Oh, this is Vogue or whatever yeah. it was, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah,
5: so, yeah, Condi Nass. that's
0: right, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was like, are we going to see anyone famous in here? <laughs> yeah, people, exactly. People were more concerned about, like, who are these weirdos, like, pulling ladders out and setting them up?
4: Yeah, it was definitely a little suspect, but hey, listen, those, the, they really appreciated it there, and I, I don't know if I told you this before today, but when, after, when we switched to Werner, I literally called the the building engineer and I told him that we were switching brands. and He was like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "You guys walked all those stairs, no problem." So we really <laughs> got the conversion from Louisville back to Warner for just on goodwill.
0: That's great. We, because we spent eight plus hours walking down a hundred plus flights of stairs, we earned that street credit
4: That's right. I mean, they uh, to, in all fairness, they do like vend several fluke there, several fluke meters there. We have fluke and vending
2: there.
0: So I think, so yeah, we uh, I, I recall. Again. Yeah, when the guy was like well we got to stop, start top down and he's like you yeah, guys sure of it you know ed and i are we're, we're in shape you know we're like you know i was a college football player and i run a lot and stuff and we we're like yeah yeah yeah, no problem this is this would be cake i just remember i was i was staying with friends that night in brooklyn and i got up at like three in the morning to go to the bathroom and i stood up and put like one foot down and then immediately just fell right to the floor yeah. i've never been in so much pain
4: yeah walking downstairs underrated like in terms of how energy it takes. Oh, I thought I was dead. No, it was good. Apparently you do not you do not realize like what kind of a workout you're actually getting. I agree. My ankles, my ankles were shot. Oh my God. My feet, my shoes are too heavy for sure. But that is a cool
0: I mean that it was a great experience for us and obviously providing value. I know like you said, that Granger Rep has has gotten you into multiple different locations and, and they've purchased a ton of from you. So sometimes we, I don't say like putting in that elbow grease, putting in that ankle grease really pays yeah.
4: off. Oh yeah, that, the Durst organization, the the company that runs the management contract, they're they're large customers. of fluke, actually. So they're that we've got a lot of goodwill through through them. They're close knit; those guys all talk to each other. So I never know if I'm gonna walk into another building if somebody's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I heard you're the guys that did the ladder on it."
0: Yeah, it no. was pretty cool. They invited like, "Hey, please come to see every single floor in the World Trade Center, one uh, WTC." <laughs> that was awesome. Um, I do before we we end here today i know people ask me all the time i, I spend all, you know I, I joke that i spend a lot of my time in the front seat you know i, I don't actually drive myself anywhere i just i just am chauffeured around in everyone's right. front seat or at least pre-2020 and you know they're always everyone's always looking for like interesting stories like you know did you get pulled over like what happened who who's the scariest driver and i, I don't think i'll ever share that but uh, we <laughs> did have a, uh, a a harrowing incident on the jersey turnpike
4: oh my god yeah there, there was a uh, there's a stretch of uh, highway 287 in jersey where there's no median like there's a there's just like a grassy field with like bushes in between the the northbound and southbound lanes and we were in the left lane and we were behind two or three suvs at a reasonable distance at a reasonable speed um my little my little you know chevy chevy cruz you know that has uh you know a, a curb weight of 2800 pounds um definitely not not necessarily a king of the road but A deer actually was hit with two cars in front of us and ended up getting run over by the Jeep Grand Cherokee in front of us. And it shot back into the under, like underneath my car. So it's flying at us as we're flying at him. We caught air and Z's in the passenger seat, head down in his laptop. Laptop flies up into the dash. Z made a noise that I don't know if I will ever be able to reproduce in, in terms of the tone or pitch. Somehow... Like even though the car was off the ground, that we kind of maintained. Like I, I maintained the, you know, control and just pure adrenaline. And we like, we pulled over. I had some. There was deer guts and stuff. Everywhere. Oh my god! We were right on the we windshield. Were, you
0: were doing like you were doing like eighty plus when you hit that deer, and we were you were right. We were full airborne. I was like, holy shit, we're dead! <laughs> oh my god! Oh, this is the first the first swear on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I figured we were fully dead. You, you did manage to land it and like not spin us out. And you're right. I we ended up stopping. And I think it was right as we started with Warner. I had like an introduction call. on like training for Warner. I remember, you're just like in the parking lot, like picking like deer pieces. <laughs> <at the front laughs> of
4: your right. like calling my dad like a 16 year old. Like dad, what do I do? <laughs> I do, at, the, at the very end of the day we were, we
0: were staying somewhere in Jersey and I made you I was like you need to get a car wash you can't let this like marinate underneath I know. your car the entire <laughs> you night did.
4: I got right near Rutgers I got a car wash that was, hilarious. That was
0: really so disgusting. that is definitely the the most terrifying experience I've had no fault of your own I mean no we were just cruising along that deer shop right at us. we fully jumped got full airborne you over deer, were
4: like so. how did you how did you not how did you maintain control of the car I was like I have no idea. That was luck.
0: Yes. Yeah, so thank you for thank you for saving my life that day. We'll say that um, Ed. It's it's always a it's always an experience. I think we have a, plenty plenty more stories we could tell, but uh, those are two good ones. So thank you for your contribution and uh, best of luck in 2021. Thanks a lot, Z. Anthony Chrissy, ladies and gentlemen, how's it going, my friend?
5: It is fantastic. What's up,
0: Mr. Z? Oh, just uh, living living life, trying to get down to the end of the year, getting ready to take a little time off. You know, I, I love looking back, and we, we've been reflecting uh, over many, uh, many years past as we come to the end of 2020, and uh, you and I have been here for a while, and when yeah. I was thinking about putting together uh, putting together this uh, little podcast preview, I thought, you know, if anyone's got some good stories, it's got to be Anthony Chrissy.
5: I mean, I, I was thinking about this. It's been 15 years for you and I, basically. And between you know the stuff that we've done together, or maybe people don't even remember this, Brian, but there was that like brief moment where you managed me, and you were my 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 uh, my district sales manager, I think, at the time, or regional sales manager. I don't remember what we called it. At right. That- but we, I mean, we were traveling the bowels of Indiana and Wisconsin together. So that was fun.
0: That's great. I remember we had a, a fast all DM, who still works there, by the way, who told us that she had never opened up any emails from anyone in the company. that was, that was fantastic.
5: Yeah, that was always, good. that was always a good one. Yeah, I, I do like um, maybe, you know, the time that we went to Indiana, I just thought of this and we went on sales calls and then uh, we were going to give the branch lunch and they're like, uh what about sushi and we're like "Mm, sushi in hammond indiana okay (laughs) (laughs) this is
0: gonna be interesting some people are a little more adventurous not necessarily (laughs) the cuisine style but where you acquire
5: it from yeah yeah that's for sure that's for sure hey happy early birthday to you i don't know when this one's coming out but for those listening brian's mania's birthday is on the 17th and i think he turns 17 so yeah exactly we're gonna
0: we're gonna keep it fresh that, that's what certified fresh means because i uh, <laughs> i've somehow managed to stay 17 for all these years well you
5: and timothy chalamet you know you guys are <laughs>
0: right, right right so so you've had some time to think on this and you uh you've racked your brain what, what's uh um your uh, anecdote on making sales calls or being out in the field with line drive
5: all right, so here's what came to mind. So it's got to be like 2008, 2009, and you know the market's going through, you know, a little bit of trouble at that point. And Line Drive is identifying that Wisconsin needs more attention, and they come to you and me, and they say, "Hey, would you guys be willing to take over Wisconsin? The two of you, Anthony, you cover Appleton and Green Bay." essentially and brian you cover what uh milwaukee and whatever else you know along that that way and um as part of this you know we needed to also release the current person that was in that role for lack of performance frankly and um that person was like a very classic wisconsin (laughs) So, so anyway so brian and i go through this whole uh game planning. I mean, it's very much like Jerry Maguire, like where Jerry Maguire's on the phone calling his clients, but you know, Bob Sugar's on the phone, you know, on the other line calling the client. So Brian and I are doing all this work to set up all these meetings. And, uh, and then we get it all set. We go up to Wisconsin to essentially transition with that person. And they're like, you're never going to get any of these meetings. And we're like, uh, actually I'm already meeting with this person and maybe this person They're like, well, they won't see you. And I'm like, well, yeah, they're seeing Brian and they're seeing me. So, I right. uh, forward to when all that's actually going down. I, the, the one that really stuck out to me was um, there was this account up in Appleton called construction supply. And every time uh, you go in there, the guy's smoking cigs and um, you know, you're on his time, you know, basically. So it's like, I'll get I'll. I'll, 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 get to you when, when I'm ready, you know, not even like treating us like a, a partner. And anyway, I remember walking in, I got black slick back hair. I got my black, you know, shiny shoes on. I look like, you know, I'm right out of like Goodfellas or something and, and this guy, Jimmy pops his head up over the, over the, uh, the counter and just, he's taking a slow drag on a SIG. He's just like, what? this is going to be different. I'm like, yeah, there's no <laughs> and no jean skirts and, uh, let's talk. Let's, uh, let's, let's sell some stuff, you know? And, uh, long story short, I think for you and I both, uh, I'll speak for me, but I know for sure on you, we, we, uh, we stuck with it and we earned a lot of respect from those, those distributors because we were really cons- consistent and, uh, made that, made that whole thing work before, uh, getting a real a player in there in, uh, T Bayman, so right, um, yeah. We we, we yeah. crisscrossed state a lot. We had a lot of coordination about
0: who we were going, where we were working with. At the time, uh, for people who don't know, we had one of our uh, manufacturers at the time. We had very specific state responsibility. and it right. created a lot of these small construction um you know job site type distributors and the only thing they ever wanted to do when you went in and meet with them was talk about like what kind of spiff can we put together for my people can we get like a 25 five dollar gift card can we get t-shirts that's all with no account planning never targeting was all about what, what kind of like free stuff could their people get
5: exactly you know and i think that i think that just goes to show how much our business has changed because at that point in time it was all about that it was like what do you got for me and you know, where's the new catalog and you got any samples and it's just you know it's so much more uh you know mutual and you know we're not doing that kind of stuff anymore where, where we're you know calling on branches and and sitting down trying to figure out uh um you know what we can stock their shelves with and you know right definitely the the strategy is much different now. (laughs) you know it's actually like thinking about it and
0: user focus yeah not to your point like what's on the shelf what do you what do you got on uh can i put a display up in your showroom (laughs) yeah
5: oh god yeah so and then can can i actually set it up (laughs) so right
0: (laughs) i would say the one thing um i have plenty of fond memories but we would often meet for lunch in appleton because it was like a halfway and i think we're the only people that ever went to tilted kilt because of the food Oh yeah, oh, they had that great grilled chicken and,
5: and steamed vegetable plate. For sure, for sure they did, and I loved that one. Uh, you' gosh, you're, you're you're bringing up so many other thoughts too. I might I I will have to say it's definitely one of the calls I enjoyed making with uh, with you was with uh who the the distributor where I like to call them the Glimmer Twins, you know. Oh, God. So, <laughs> So, so that was, uh, that was also a highlight, you know, that's probably for off podcast detail, but, but we definitely had some characters up there uh, that we used to call on for sure. Oh my God. I think if you were doing Illinois at
0: the time, so it was safety supply, right. That had a place in Illinois and in Milwaukee. Right. If I recall. And I just remember I would go into the guy's office in Milwaukee and it was like, I, I joke with our new hires about glove mountain. But no, at bro- any point when I was in his office, I was worried that I was going to be like, it was going to be like a, a cave-in, like some sort of avalanche situation between catalogs and samples, and I would
5: not make it out alive. I think it was pro safety. Yes, you're right. It was pro safety. It was pro Safety Because the real only, the only thing that I sold the guy in pro safety, like really big was marking paint with Riscolium back in the day. And, you know, it had to be like a buck a can or a buck 09 or, you know, everything else was super transactional. And, you know, you, you wanted to be in the business, but you didn't really want to be in the business. And you're right, you go in there and it, it looked like just like a scene out of Horrors.
0: Well, I, I feel like reflecting on this now and, and putting a bow on it that we saw a lot of things and we probably did a lot of things that are not, uh, Good sales practices. So as we think about sales enablement, it's thinking about how do we empower and give our team the resources to not be in these transactional or frankly dangerous situations.
5: Well, you learn you learn from the mistakes and from the failures, right? So we've seen enough bad stuff that we're like, okay, you know, not only does it not hard to you know to, to to bring something good, but you know, you you uh, you have such a such such a thought for what would make it that much more appealing, right? So. Right. And who
0: knew that ripping SIGs on sales call would still continue into 2020.
5: (laughs) How dare those people, whoever you are. Seriously. Well, thank you for, uh, thanks for sharing Anthony. Hope you uh, have a great 2021. Yeah, we'll definitely will. Thanks Z. Keep it fresh.
0: Angie bat. How are you today?
2: I'm good. How are you doing, Z? I'm
0: good. We're coming to the end of 2020. We've made it through this whole year, right?
2: We've made it.
0: (laughs) 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 We've made it. Yes, I'm excited to get you on today um, and and to talk about your sales call story because I know this is something that's fresh, it's recent, and uh, it's pretty exciting. So walk me through. This is a a big success that we've had with uh, Mohawk Industries. And and walk me through. How did this start?
2: Um, Interesting conversation because I know I tell you these sometimes that um, the DSM relationship might not be as important as you stress it. Uh, This one didn't um, happen to just go on a flight, and the account manager couldn't be there, and so the district sales manager joined Mark Hayes, and, I, and Mark was doing the demo of the i900. So I decided I would start picking this sales manager's brain, and just talking different products as we would walk by something or something would come up. And uh, I tried to bring Warner up quite a bit, the fall protection just because most people don't know about it. So happened to mention it to him in the competent person training side of it. And he looked at me, he's like, that can't be right. So what do you mean? He said, well, like Mohawk called me and they're trying to budget competent person training for next year and it's thousands and thousands of dollars, like 500 person. How do y'all do that? I'm like, well, we're a new product. I'm like, We've, we gotta get out there. And it's one of the value add services we offer, you know, with the right commitment. So he still thought it was too good to be true. So when we left, showed him a little bit of product, and then he was like, well, I want to I get on a call with Warner and hear how this works, because I still think it's too good to be true, and when things are too good to be true, so engaged Chad the very next week with him, and he was impressed, and Chad basically said, hey, you give me this one chance. I will present it, and with no expectations, if you get the right people in the room, with no expectations of sales, because I believe we'll win. And from there, I'll do more. And um, so after a couple months of planning, went into it, trying to get timelines, right? We finally got to go present to them, had the right people in the room, had you know safety from head safety guys, as well as some safety guys that flew in for it or drove in. Um, they also actually tried to get purchasing to come to the whole training who refused but we did get purchasers to come in for a couple hours on the second day which really was hugely beneficial on the purchasing yeah, I wanna, side.
0: I want to I want to stop there real quick just you pulled this huge group together and and I think you know everyone understands and this is a two-day training and your DSM is right that typically most manufacturers charge you know 500 ahead, $1000 ahead and and I think your group was a pretty good sized group with the first 30 people there.
2: Uh, no, we had fifteen total. Okay.
0: What it came out so, to. So that you're talking ten thousand dollars at a, you know, just a, a cost that we've saved them initially. So definitely a, a great piece, and, and really to the DSM's point, he's you know not believing it, saying I can't believe you'd offer this for free. But um, what a great way to get in the door.
2: Yeah, no, it definitely was, and even you know Mohawk Stress, they've been trying to get this done for two years now, and, and finding the budget to do it and getting the people together hasn't been easy, and. COVID hit and you know, they had the room set up with plexiglass on everybody's station and very clear and strict about their, their rules, but made it happen because they understood the importance of it. Um, right. so, so wanna, they were extremely. Yeah.
0: Excited. yeah I want to circle back to the purchasing piece. As you mentioned, they invited purchasing in and they basically turned it down and, and denied it. And I think as you shared with me after the first day, you know, the guys, uh, all the, the safety people were very excited about the Warner product and really understood the save them but purchasing only buys the cheapest thing and that's why we just have a bunch of Miller
2: yeah so they've been with Miller and they've had a good relationship with Miller in the past but the comment was like purchasing never listens to us Um, and it was just those types of comments they just don't have a good relationship which you know on our end we understand that happens a lot and it was like you have to get I mean more than once you have to get purchasing buy in tomorrow like you have to do it um, so we knew how important yeah. that was.
0: Well, that's what I think, you know, I've told the story a couple of people and, and normally we dance around purchasing, right? It's like, well, we'll, we'll make the case and stuff like this. And here you, you all said, let's, let's bring them on. Let's get them on our side. So on day two, you did manage to get purchasing to come in.
2: Yeah. They came in for about an hour, hour and a half. We, you know, we supplied them lunch and the big thing, they were extremely impressed, but the big thing they said, and I think we all need to remember this is like, we're not the bad guys. But we don't understand why they need things half the time. Um, And fall protection, we put it very much, I mean, we didn't just talk to them. We didn't talk to them at all about pricing or anything. That conversation hasn't even happened. We talked to them about the importance of having good fall protection and what the difference in our product was. And, you know, showed the video of the guys hanging in Miami and and how the product worked. um, And just convinced them, you know, got them to see the important side of it. The, The people going home at the end of the day and if they're not in the right thing, they don't go home. Um, and got them to actually understand hey, why the guys are wearing right. it, and why so important
0: Yeah, that's a, I mean, that, that's such a great story that they get it. They say, Okay, I understand that you know, it's like a luxury or it's really cool and flashy, it's something that you feel is going to protect you and, and help save your life. And we, we support that decision, yep.
2: Yeah. And we brought up, I mean, so we slid in, you got,
0: the- so you got. We
2: did it. We slid in the fact we were doing the training complimentary. Um, we also got their buy-in, you know, we slid in the fact we're going to go do the inspections, got the buy-in from the safety manager to let us go around to sites and do inspections, at fall uh, protection and ladder inspections. Um, and kind of got the, you know, explain that to purchasing too. And the fact that they weren't going to have to pay for any of that, you know, we were going to offer all these services complimentary that they would have to pay for and stress that even that class we did would have cost them 10 grand for us to come do. So that right.
4: really Sorry, got
2: you- that side around to them.
0: So you, um, I, I cut you off a little, a little bit. I, you fast forwarded through that, but um, you know, you talked about doing the inspection. So coming from this based on the time you spent with these safety managers, they've agreed, if I get this right, that um, line drive should come in and do both a, a ladder and a working from heights slash fall protection assessment on all of their top sites across Mohawk. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I
2: actually have a call tomorrow morning with- and Granger National Accounts to discuss what sites we're going to roll out first. Um, They have over 400 sites around the country. Obviously, we can't make 400 and, and know where to start. So the safety manager is going to sit down with us and talk about, hey, let's start here. These are the ones I already have who want to do it. This is who you're going to contact and how exactly that's going to roll out. But yeah, very excited about that opportunity coming from it.
0: So like basically the last call of the year and you hit a grand slam is what you're telling me.
2: I did Well I, I did. We won't call it a home run. We'll call it a <laughs> slam. Uh, no, Jeff that was is a grand slam. slam. Yeah. I, was like, I mean, yeah. I told, uh, I told Scott, it was, you know, top couple of my sales calls ever I've ever done just walking away, feeling like, man, we showed the value, you know, we brought in, you know, Chad was amazing during the training. It just there was an older guy in there and he's been he said I've been doing these for you know I've heard every vendor talk I feel like and I rolled my eyes when they told me I was coming to another one. He said and y'all stressed the first day y'all are here to to train safety. He said, I believe you did. He said but better than that, even when you talked product, he said it wasn't that our it was it wasn't our products the best. It's here's what our product does and how it helps your people. He said it was so relatable and you made us understand why it was so important. He's like, and it is by far the best vendor training I've ever sat through. Um, so that's awesome. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He did a great job. Chad's the man. If I, if I can recap here you were out making a sales call with a district sales manager, building that all important relationship. Thank you, Angie. Um, you mentioned that the, you have the, the Werner and, and explain to him not only about the product, but also about the services and uh, offering that free competent person, excuse me, no charge, competent person. Two day training was a real, uh, a real eye opener for him. And as you work through, and, and I want to, you know, again, emphasize that this took months to get the right people pulled together and set up and scheduled, but uh, really going in there and, and showing the Warner difference, not only you know, to that gentleman's point about the training, but about the product and pulling per- purchasing or procurement in and giving them free lunch, which, you know, never hurts. Um, going through all these steps that in the end, not only have they committed to using all Warner fall protection going forward, but um, really to partner with us across 300 Mohawk facilities, um, fall protection and, and climbing.
2: Yep, definitely. And it also helps on the Warner Granger side as well. Um, while these might not all be red book items we picked out, we sat down and went through exactly what items they wanted to purchase and we are creating a playbook for purchasing. Um, so that when an order for a harness comes in, purchasing knows exactly what to buy. But uh, we are working with Granger to get behind the scenes part numbers on all the products they requested as well. Which is a big deal.
0: Yes, this is this is awesome. This is again, what a great way to finish the year. What an awesome success and win, and and way to spread that uh, company wide. So, Angie Badley, hats off to you.
2: Thank you. Sure.
3: Thanks for today.
5: Hello.
0: All right, so 2020's been kind of a crazy year. It's a, your first full year at Line Drive.
6: It's my first full year.
0: Very exciting. Glad to have you on the team. Now yes. you're coming to us with a uh, with a great story today as this uh, fun, wacky, zany, uh, heartfelt, coolest thing you've ever seen, or maybe just <laughs> uh, uniquely weird.
6: Sounds good. So oh,
0: I how would you how would you classify this? I would say?
6: how would I classify it? So I would say this is probably in my 20 years in the field, this was probably um, one of the most gross facilities (laughs) I've had to experience. Um, So it was definitely when I walked away, I was like, wow, I thought I've seen everything. All
0: right, set the stage for us. I'm I'm ready for the gross. Gross is good.
6: So the Granger Safety Specialist, Beth, had reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in a Werner ladder assessment. I asked her how many ladders she had, what the facility looked like, and she said, I'm just going to prepare you. It's very gross, and um, so I thought to myself, it it can't be that bad. You know, I can handle this, and um, we get to the facility, and we meet in the lobby, and she said, I said, you know, where's the account manager? And she says to me, well, he doesn't like to go into the facility. So that should have been my first um, <laughs> warning to prepare. That's a,
0: that's a warning sign. Like, so hey, the, the account manager this, doesn't see his own customer. <laughs> yes.
6: So the safety manager comes out to meet us and um, he's preparing me um, for the facility and best sort of, you know, laughing and. He says, well, let's go over to the hatchery. And I had never been into a hatchery before. So he takes us over to the hatchery and it's super cool. It's, it's cooler. The air is, you know, cooler in the facility and it smells like ammonia. So, and there's all these eggs and they're um, processing the different eggs through the, you know, through the facility and we go through the ladders. And so I'm like, okay, this is good. He's like, okay, now we're going to go back to the, to the plants and um you know beth and i are driving over there and she's telling me she's like it's just it's really bad and i'm just I'm just preparing you and like i'm like they, uh, <laughs>
0: i like that they started you with like the clean area with like the baby chicks and get you, like, married, you know, like
6: so we get into the facility and mind you this is pre-covid this is before we even knew what covid you know was going to entail for the year so that's how my year started and so we get over to the facility and um You know he starts, you know, into the facility and touring the plant, viewing the ladders, and we go in all the different areas of the facility, and I'm just like, oh my goodness! And you know, there's like animal fat on the floor, and you're crawling over (laughs) to get to the ladders, and um, you know, I had my safety shoes on, so that was good, but. And there were like 80 ladders. So we spent like a couple hours, you know, in this facility touring. And it I mean, it was a nice experience just to see what that process looked like and, you know, find other opportunities in the facility to bundle sell. But um, it definitely was an experience. And when we were and I was like, I was really surprised that a poultry um, slaughter and processing facility would not be as clean as what I thought it would be. So when we were walking out, I said to the safety manager, I said, so, you know, who do you guys sell your chicken to? And he <laughs> told me, and I'm like, okay, this is where I'm not eating. But oh, I, you know, but they, you know, I have seen the chicken. I have bought the chicken before at the grocery store because they do sell it here at the grocery store. So, but, um, you know, it was a nice experience and they ordered ladders and they had actually had, um, several OSHA, um, sightings. That they had been fined for so you know brought more opportunities um brought an opportunity for garlock and then um i ended up going back there actually during the quarantine for motorola they were ex- experiencing some issues with their radios and we were able to get them the right solution and it was like a twelve thousand dollar order so something did good you know something came out of it that was good so that was good and it was a nice nice win and a nice experience to um you know, see what that operation look like and, you know, help them um, meet their needs. So, so that's my story.
0: This is the grossest place you've ever been to. Yes. and yet You still, you went back, which I appreciate. Yes. <laughs>
6: I'm
0: gonna have to go back through and edit this out and take the name out now.
1: <laughs> I know, I'm sorry.
0: No, that's great. No, that's, it's cool. But that's a good, uh, good story that, uh, you know, you never know, you always got to be prepared when you're working for Line Drive, right?
6: Exactly, exactly.
0: So. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing,
1: Amy.
6: You're welcome. Thank you so much.
5: Hey, everyone,
0: I hope you enjoyed those stories. I'm really excited to bring you some new, fresh content coming in 2021. But as we go, I figured I would share with you a quote that Peter mentioned after we recorded his call today, and it was from
3: a Mr. Benjamin Franklin, and old Ben said, prepare is preparing to fail.
0: And I thought that was good. So here's to 2021 where we're always prepared and we're always successful. Take care.